What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, is the astronaut Fuji to my astronaut Glenn. It's Jake. How you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. How are you on this fine election day? I mean, I'm not too bad. I got a little bit of a headache, and, you know, every once in a while my throat closes, and then I have to cough a bunch until I can breathe again. But other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> okay, well, that's unfortunate. So I have to ask, did you get, do you get the reference that uh, Fuji and Glenn are referring to for the opening? Boy, I sure wish you wouldn't have asked me that, because <laughs> the answer is no, I do not get it. It is from Invasion of the Astro Monster, and Fuji and Glenn are like the, are the two main astronauts that are flying to uh, Planet X and, and see Here's the Astro a follow-up Monster. question for you. Okay. Did you think I was going to know that reference? I think I thought there was actually a chance because that's one of like the Showa era best Ghidorah movies, and I know you're a Ghidorah fan, so I was like, yeah, there's a good chance. Well, fair enough, but alas, I disappoint. Yeah. Really quick, <laughs> I'm gonna tell a funny story about a character in this in that movie. So there's uh, Glenn's love interest is this like really beautiful. Turns out she's an alien woman. And I was like, I watched that movie, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. And I like pulled up her IMDb page. I'm like, wow. And then I watched the next movie in the in my Godzilla collection. And there's this girl on there, really beautiful. Like, oh wow, she's beautiful. I pulled up her IMDb page, same actress. <laughs> and then I'm watching Frankenstein Conquers the World. And I'm like, dang, that girl is so so pretty. Like pull up the IMD page same actress <laughs> so then i'm watching mantango i'm like this lady's really pretty pull up the thing same actress <laughs> dude don't you think after a few times it's you're like okay it's probably that same gal i mean you'd think so especially since it's like all the shiro honda ones you know like he just kind of brings in his same crew a lot of the times so where you're like you think i'd catch on but right i didn't <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey how about some news what do you think sounds good man you got more than me today i do by one which yeah. is surprising but uh here we go so luther strode is actually getting a movie i don't know if it's live action or if it's animated but uh, Justin Jordan and Trad Moore, who did the story and art on the book, will both produce it. And Justin Jordan is actually writing the screenplay. So um, I've never read Luther Strode. Um, our mutual friend Mike, it is one of his absolute favorites of all time. But I have to say, I can't stand Trad Moore's art. So I just, I can't bring myself to read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I tried it once like tried one of the issues and i was like yeah this isn't for me but good for them i'm happy like i'm always happy when the creators are getting paid because it doesn't always happen yeah. very often for them so and and get to be involved which yeah. is cool um so, and as long as it's not like a trad more animated movie i'll probably give it a go yeah for sure man <laughs> though i mean we've talked about this before like i don't know i mean i've seen like i said i've seen the luther strode stuff and it's not the best but trad more like he did like the silver surfer and the art in that actually looked really good i thought so it's like i mean at least with that you could give that a go 
it might might work for that yeah. you know that area but i agree with the i loop. did i did want to read that the his silver surfer did look yeah. pretty good the, I, I do agree though the luther strode's pretty rough ski at times yeah but uh so this this might have piqued your fancy donny cates uh had a, had a new comic book come out on friday i'm pretty sure for panel syndicate so it's pay what you want and i'll read the tweet to you guys it uh, panel syndicate is proud to welcome the superstar team of donny cates dylan burnett dean white and john j hill to its fold with the launch of their five issue fantasy terror tale the one you feed so sounds pretty neat i haven't got to read it yet the but i mean the these panel syndicate comics are usually pretty awesome so i'm sure this one is too like they kind of bring the heat when they go about and it's pay what you want so if you're broke right now they will allow you to pay zero dollars for it that's cool i i hadn't seen anywhere that that had come out but i just pulled it up on the old computer to make sure that i check it out sounds cool good man all right so just a little little bit of news uh today henry cavill uh i saw on instagram that he is heading to the studio uh to finish the witcher season two before england's new shutdown takes place i guess the the cast and crew are all going to wherever they're filming to to finish that up so that there aren't any more covid related delays um which is awesome because boy do i want more of that show <laughs> yeah that is awesome i think it'd be kind of funny though if like henry cavill was more like vin diesel where like vin diesel will let himself go like after he's done shooting like he's had this whole time off and like we come back and like there's the part of witcher where like the witcher's just got a gut <laughs> <laughs> dude i don't know if it's possible for henry to have a gut i mean that I mean, man is just chiseled from marble <laughs> i will say this though because this is one of the reasons like why i why i admire him so much and you know have a little bit of a crush on him he used to be called fat cavill when he was in school wow really yeah I, I hadn't heard that before yeah he was a he was a chunker like me so i was like i relate i bet those bullies <laughs> feel stupid now i bet that i bet they're like hey our fat shaman worked you know guys are sitting at the at their like local bar like all like proud of themselves yeah <laughs> okay and so my my last bit of news it's not really news but ray fisher's talking again so i figured we should talk about it he uh was saying the thing that you know Joss Whedon cut out, you know, cut stuff down between my, you know, my character and his dad and got completely cut my mom's character out of there. And he cut the actress that played Iris West completely out. They're all black. He's trying to whitewash stuff. Oh, and he also cut out, um, uh, Ryan Choi, you know, who was going to be the Adam coming up and stuff. And it's like, I hear this, I hear that part of it. I'm also like, yeah, Zack Snyder's trying to make a four hour long movie. That would not have worked. Zack Snyder was going to have to cut a lot of this anyway. So I don't see that as anything, you know, like it's like these are secondary characters, secondary plot points. If you watch the movie, Lois Lane, who was a hu like, huge part in The Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, did like two things in Justice League. She was pretty much useless. Martha, who was the most important character in Batman vs. Superman, wasn't even like she had one part or two parts in this movie so it's like all the secondary characters got pushed aside i mean 
he didn't bring up the fact that J.K. Simmons got shredded to be in this movie and then had a one scene where he was in an overcoat. So it's like I I get that one. He's cutting down he's cutting out the those other characters to, you know, make time. And then Ray also said that the thing that pushed it over the top though was he decided to uh, change one of the act, uh, actors or actresses skin tone to make it fit better with the movie, you know, to make it lighter and it look better for the movie. And if that's true, that like he's hearing that second hand he didn't hear that directly from Joss Whedon so he's hearing that second hand that could have just been oh we need to change up the skin tone so it fits the background or whatever you know like I don't know it I, I'm I just I'm just not buying it right now like if that's the whole thing that you know makes Joss Whedon a scumbag and a terrible person and stuff it's like there's explanations there so yeah yeah i mean every every you know most things prior to this i was like yeah okay that that sounds about right ray but this one seems like like oh wait they're not talking about it anymore let's let's start coming up with more stuff to say yeah i agree and i i totally agree that like you know they're making this long movie and you're upset that they're cutting out Cyborg's mom. Like, the most we've ever seen of Cyborg's mom in anything, she's had, like, one-minute tops screen time. I mean, in Doom Patrol, she had a little bit extra. But, yeah. Okay, no. but but still, like, yeah, that was no, super you're, minimal. And it's, like, like I said, like, I, I mentioned three white people that he just decided not to because that doesn't fit the narrative that he's trying to create because it's just like oh yeah. yeah secondary characters get cut from this movie that's kind of yeah. what happened because and they're not going to be cut from the Zack Snyder one because it seems like Zack's leaving everything in so right you know all right well who knows if anything's going to come of this anyway you know? I don't I don't think it really will I think it's gonna strum up more interest for the Snyder cut and that's gonna be about it right like you know, if, if Jason Momoa coming out and, like, backing you up doesn't make something happen, then I don't think anything will. Well, I mean, it's it's weird that he comes out and just, like, backs him up, but then doesn't actually say anything. You know what I mean? Fair. Like, Fair, he's just like, he's mean... like, I stand with this guy. But then doesn't actually elaborate on the stuff that happened. It's, you know... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, yeah, moving on. So we kind of get a little bit of uh, of a look at what DC Comics is going to look like post-Future State. Um, it's it's going to be called DC Omniverse. And basically like what remains of the new 52 and rebirth and metal and future state all that uh is is kind of gonna be like done away with um in favor of just whatever these creators want to do if that makes sense Ugh. um it sounds like that really 
continuity isn't going to matter anymore. That really annoys um, me. Which is a real big shame. I mean, I I still think it's very early to like judge too harshly because, you know, we're not we're not close to it yet. But, um, yeah, you know, basically, all these questions of like, does it count? All of it will count. There's not going to be well, you can't use this character because they died in this thing and, like, they're doing this in this other book. It's just everybody is going to be able to do what they... Like, relatively do what they want with certain characters when they want to. And... I, I don't know. I don't know what that means for, like, editorial or anything. So... You know, make of that what you will, I guess. I guess we'll see what happens whenever you know, we get that post-feature state, but I really hope that this just doesn't open up a can of worms for yeah. DC Comics. Yeah, that's going to alienate a lot. Like, if they do get kind of get rid of their continuity, that's going to alienate a lot of their readers. Because, I mean, that is one of the refreshing things with the Black Label books, is that we don't have the continuity, that you can just go in and have these weird stories. But I... St- still want to go back and read you know whatever book and be like oh yeah i can pick up right where i left off so this right sounds really stupid to me but that does remind me i'm going to piggyback on that dc announced that they have the first i think it's the first non-binary superhero coming up in um future state it's going to be a one of the flash characters uh it's i'm blanking on their name but it's jesse quick's kid so they're going to be okay. non-binary. It has a cool costume. That's one thing I think I was thinking of today. Like, for some reason, the mustard and ketchup costume that Flash has, that, that color scheme always just works, and it's always awesome. Like, you can't really go wrong with that. And, yeah, uh, it sounds neat, but it's, same, it's my same problem is, like, we have too many dang speedsters. Yeah, we do for sure. So, like, uh, real, real quick, the character's name is Kid Quick. Oh, Kid Quick. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, here, I'll throw this your way. You're a big Jesse Quick fan. How do you feel about you know her getting a legacy character, basically, or another legacy because she was a legacy also. Um, I mean, <laughs> instead of instead of saying, well, it's this character's kid. Why not just let it be that character who hasn't been around in years? Yeah. Like we like you said, too many speedsters. Let, let's use like this one that we've got that that hasn't been touched in forever. The only, Jesse Quick is awesome. Mm-hmm. The only way I'd be okay with uh, like more speedsters because they they like I said they have so many is if they made a book like batman the reason why he gets away with having all of these kids around him at all times and you know having his bat family is because he's got like 10 titles give flash another book let him like let the flash family have a thing going so that you can keep these speedsters around and they don't just have to go away forever like because i have a feeling i'm gonna like this character because every single time like I, I, there's no part of me anymore that wants to get up in arms about like a character they could be like oh yeah this this new character this new flash character is a dog that thinks he's a cat is you know and then i'm like that's stupid but then i would still read it like okay i 
I'm gonna tell you, I love this character. So I don't get like worked up because I just like you know speedster characters, but given their own book, right. so I can keep liking them. And, dang it! And if if they didn't give them their own book, here's an unpopular idea: kill some off. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can like some of the best stories are like heart wrenching character deaths. So like, kill them and keep them dead. I mean. Barry was gone for almost what 30 years yeah so like there I mean start axing some of these speedsters and green lanterns if you want to make all these new ones I agree man but... so I don't know man I mean like I, I'm all on board for future state because the more I like see stuff on it I'm like okay that sounds cool and that sounds cool and like I have a feeling I'm gonna be reading like all the future state titles. <laughs> I'm not, like I'm not convinced on um, Bruce Wayne Batman, like his new design, where like he's got short sleeves. I don't like that. Yeah, well, that's fair. Not all of it's gonna stick, you know. Oh, but, I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, back back to this omniverse thing. Why why is DC so against? like doing elseworlds again you know like if you if you want to do all this stuff just like make a couple elseworld titles because most of the elseworld stuff is awesome and like some of my favorite stories well one of the things you don't you don't have to just axe continuity yeah like one of the big things that i hear about and people always point to is like when you look at the sales of stuff it like manga outsells comics right now so I think what they're what DC's trying and like it's just because manga is easier to kind of jump into than comics. So I'm thinking that's probably what they're thinking about. They're like, oh, if we get rid of continuity and you can just pick up and read a book, it's going to be easier for people to jump in, no matter yeah, what. I can you see know. that. So like they're trying to get the new readers, but I still think it's going to alienate their old ones because nerds love their continuity. Yes, we do. Um, another thought, though, is like, I think it also kind of depends on the writers at DC. Like, yeah. if you get someone like Mark Wade who loves continuity, he's going to write for continuity. Or Grant Morrison. Or Bendis. Or Grant Morrison. Where, like, Bendis, who doesn't do it anyways, it really doesn't affect things because he's just going to do what he wants to do. So. You know, maybe things won't change too much where, like, you know, the diehard nerdy comic writers are going to, you know, keep some of that stuff in where Tom King and, you know, Bendis and whoever else is going to do their thing while, uh, you know, Tynan does his thing. And, that you know, that's just the Batman example, but still. Yeah, it's just that's just annoying to me because it's it like, I mean, if I'm invested in this stuff, I would prefer if the company was too right i i get what you're saying Uh, the thing to me though it's like uh, you know look at like kingdom come or something like kingdom come wasn't in continuity it doesn't matter but i love it and i'll still go back and reread it and be like oh man i love this book and it has no effect on anything dc long term so you know even if some of these books aren't going to be written for continuity's sake, if they're good, 
they're good and I'll be like you know that that was a great story I really liked it and it's something that I can revisit yeah it's just I don't know man like let's just say I get really invested in kid quick and then they kill them off in one of these issues and I'm like really upset because I'm super invested in you know kid quick but then like the next month Justice League it's like we don't pay attention to continuity kid quick you're the newest member I'll be like you just made me go on a roller coaster of emotions for nothing because you don't even care about your own continuity yeah well I guess that depends on how they're going to let editorial work you know I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see you know, this this is just the first we've heard of it, yeah, so true. who who knows what we're really gonna get? But apparently, uh, in Death Metal number seven, we'll hear a little more about this omniverse thing. So, yeah. okay, well, I think that wraps up the news. So Slow news week. It was indeed, but hey, we'll make up for that time when we talk about comic books, right? So let's take a quick little ad break, and then we will do just that. We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right, Casey, let's talk comics, man. What did you read this week? So I read Gaiga, Sex Criminals, The Immortal Hulk, Shang-Chi, Batman Superman, um... Dark Knight's Death Metal Rise of the New God, Runaways, Nailbiter Returns, Justice League Dark, The Last Ronin, The Department of Truth, and Chu. What about you, man? Well, if you can imagine, not near as many as you did. Um, I read Batman Beyond, Three Jokers, Wonder Woman death metal rise of the new god and last ronin nice yeah i was dumb and i forgot wonder woman three jokers and flash so i'm getting them this coming week (laughs) (laughs) well i'll uh i'll let you do your thing man you got you got a few more than me all right so i'll talk about gaga really quick i saw people talk about it on twitter and saying this is going to be the hot new comic that it's gonna you know you gotta get in on the ground floor and all this stuff so i was like okay a lot of people are tweeting about it i think james tynan tweeted about it a bunch of people so i was like yeah i'll give this a go this is by alex pacnadel and artist is john lay and uh, like the story's kind of interesting but i'll be honest i'm just not feeling it i don't know really like it's perfectly fine book like there's some world building that it's kind of interesting it ended on a kind of a cliffhanger but it wasn't enough of one that i'm like man i need to read the next issue i'm just kind of left going like i'm fine with not reading any more of this so it's like i'm sure somebody you know a lot of people out there could like it for different reasons it's just not for me and the art isn't my favorite either that's one of the big problem i have with it too it's like the art's not for me and this just i guess this the way that like the the world that they that they live in i'm just not interested in it so like i can look at that and be like oh yeah it's a neat idea it's well written just not for me so like for that i'll give it like a six 
All right. And then I'll talk about Sex Criminals, issue 69. So this is the finale of Sex Criminals. They ended it on 69 because they are children. And it's by Matt Fraction <laughs> and Chip Zdarsky. And it's a lot of fun. It's just... It's very much like a like a series finale of a TV show that you really like. You really liked, at, and they end it well, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, all of your favorite characters are coming back, and there's these little things that happen throughout, and it, it's just pretty nice. It's not, you know, it's it's just like if you've read read enough of the series, it's I would highly recommend reading this. I need to like I've said this time and time again though. I'm. I like I need to get it collected and read it all again because I missed a bunch and there was a lot of like time in between issues and stuff that it just kind of like I missed out and I was like I'd read issues that were like that came later I'm like I don't know what's going on this is crazy so yeah it's a good ending though if you've read it you know if you've read any of it I would recommend at least reading that because then you can be like oh that's nice but uh talk about Mortal Hulk really quick then I'll let you talk for a bit uh, this is issue 39 by Al Ewing and um, it's Jose Bennett. I'll find it really quick. Joe Bennett, not Jose. But uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. You got some stuff like talking about, you know, with the leader doing different crazy things. And you have Devil Hulk here and you have Devil Hulk getting completely blown apart by Leader because Leader's that powerful. And then it ends on a cliffhanger again because this is what this book likes to do is end on cliffhangers. A little bit of puck action, though. He's in it for, like, a page. So that's the highlight of it. Um, yeah, it's just... I'm just tired of this series it's just like i don't think al ewing knows how to end it either and he just keeps ending on cliffhangers he's like what am i gonna do on this exit like i don't know we'll just have this joe bennett's crazy good art because it is it's awesome and it's grotesque though it's like crazy good art draw something disgusting and we'll have it end with that every issue because why not So are you so, going to drop it, or are you just going to keep reading it? I'm just going to keep reading it, because I guess I need something to complain about. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've come this far. It's 39 issues, and it can't go on for that much longer. But I'm going to give it... I'm going to bet 50, honestly. I hope not. Like, I hope, hope, hope not. But I'd give it probably a 5, because it just, yeah, didn't tickle my fancy. I forgot to rate uh, Sex Criminals. I'd give it an 8. It was enjoyable. But I'll let, right. you, let you talk. Did you say you read Shang-Chi? Because I'm going to reorganize. Uh, no, I didn't get to Shang-Chi okay. yet. Um, okay, so did you read Batman Beyond? I did not. Okay. Then I think the only one that we read was Rise of the New God. Okay, I got that at the bottom of my pile now. Okay. So I will talk about Batman Beyond. This was number 48. It was written by Dan Jurgens. Art was done by Paul Pelletier and uh, Norm Ratmond. I do want to just say how awesome the cover was. It's done by Dan Mora, who if you don't follow on any social medias, you are greatly missing out because he's incredible. Um, 
And it's a good old dialogue cover that Casey loves so much. <laughs> with Booster shouting, Don't do it, Batman. The timeline is in jeopardy. Which is just such a classic, like, DC cover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. I would... I guess I'm confused. Did, are you getting this book at all, Casey, or not? No, I haven't. I've talked about wanting to read it, and then it got canceled, and I'm like, I don't need to. Okay, I, I just didn't know if you asked for this last arc since Booster was in it or not. But yeah. anyway, I don't have to worry about uh, spoilers then. The the We start out with, uh, with Terry flying back to headquarters, and Bruce is like, why do you hate me, McGinnis? Are you here to attack me? You're an assassin sent to kill me? He's just, like, going nuts, and he sends out his, like, little bat defense bots to uh, to kill Terry. So he is, like, you know, freaking out, like, why is yeah. Bruce trying to, to do this to me? I got it, because, like, his, his little brother's there, too. He's like, I got to get my brother Matt out of here. And right before the bots, like, gun down Terry... In soups Booster Gold with his force field and and blocks all the shots and he's like I'm gonna get you out of here and he grabs Terry and he flies out and Terry's like dude I gotta go back for my brother and Booster's like well I'm sorry to tell you this Terry but uh, Matt's dead he Bruce kills him and uh, you know there's the whole how do you know this and Booster explains that he's a time traveler and that he has already witnessed this happen and obviously that upsets terry so uh terry punches him and he doesn't want to believe that booster's here to like set things right but uh but skeets comes in as the nice middleman and the level-headed one you know and explains that uh that it's true and that if terry wants to save matt he needs to you know work with booster to to set the timeline straight so they get in the time sphere and go way, way back to the year 2020. And um, and this is the exact day where some uh, telepathic person plants this tiny little seed in Bruce Wayne's mind that lies dormant until the day where he goes crazy and tries to kill Terry and does kill Matt. So they're going back there to stop that from happening. Um, so when they get there to Gotham, um, some houses are on fire. So Terry and Booster are going through like saving some of the people from uh, from being caught on fire and all that jazz. And they meet the bad guy who goes by Blank. Um, he is a telepath and he has telekinesis. Which is a pretty deadly combo, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, he overhears that uh, you know Booster is a time traveler, and he's going to pry into his mind and find out why he's here. Which is probably what sets up the whole situation, anyway. Knowing Booster Gold, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, uh, the issue kind of wraps up where. Terry flies into this house that's on fire and he saves a little boy and uh, the boy's like Batman? And he says in the flesh, you? And he says I'm Warren Warren McGinnis 
which is Terry's <laughs> dad who got murdered, which is the whole reason Terry becomes Batman. So, you know, that was obviously quite a yeah. shocker. And uh, while Terry's talking to his kid dad, uh, who swoops in but Bruce Wayne Batman? He's like, step away from the kid or I tear you apart. And that's how the issue ends. So nice. it was a pretty awesome issue. I loved seeing, you know, Booster Gold. It was cool to hear him talk and, and Skeets was hilarious. It was a really good balance of like, you know, humor and, and drama. So I'm looking forward to how, how the arc goes i know it's going to be short and sweet because they're ending it really soon but it was still awesome i'm going to give it an eight out of ten nice man all right so my next book is shang chi number two and this is by get the full maybe i will okay this is by jane len yang and Dyke Ruan on the art. I don't think I didn't said those names right. And then Phil Tan as the flashback artist. And so you're dealing, you know, we're dealing with the stuff that Shang Chi was talking about last time, where like stuff with his sister kind of goes to a flashback and shows his sister and him, and like when his sister got sent away, and then like he sees her again, and like they attack him. Her and her two cronies attack him, and he beats up the two cronies. This is one part that's pretty funny. Um, like he takes them both out and he's like tell me how long have you been training the guy's like since I was a child he's like no offense but you're not built for this your colleague isn't bad but you find another job friend baking perhaps I thought that was pretty funny and then his sister sees him and they hug each other you know they hug and they talk and then it turns out she betrays him and they think you know then he kind of sees he has some weird visions of his dead dad and he fights a bunch of people and he gets saved by the two people that say they're also his siblings. The we saw in the last issue, the um, oh the the lady with the the guy with the swords and the lady with the knives, and yeah, yeah. and so that was you know, he gets saved by them and then they, they he kind of leaves and like he's also like bleed like he got stabbed in the stomach and he's like bleeding out um, the solar like stars. It looks it's really weird. And so yeah, it just ends with him being saved by them and they're planning on you know, fighting the sister next time. It was a good issue. This is just a lot of fun. Like you know, you're not getting something that's like a really heady book, but it's just a a lot, a lot of fun. So I'm giving that an eight. Okay. And then Batman Superman number thirteen by Williamson and Raynor. Uh, I'll give you first names too I just gotta find where it is it's like every comic needs to have the names at the beginning don't just be like oh well we're gonna put ours at the end and oh we'll put ours in the third page and all that stupid stuff um, but it's by Joshua Williamson and Max Rayner and so you're we're still we still got the Brainiac that's like it's a it's not Brainiac but it's like a Batman version of Brainiac that's coming up with these different scenarios to help them learn and you have uh, Steel and Batwoman going to the moon to try to rescue them and it's it's pretty neat there you, know, you have like 
Batman and Superman just not holding back against these robot versions of their villains and they're just completely destroying them and Brainiac's trying to understand the way things work and all that and but then uh Batman has you know he convinces the Brainiac thing to make a Joker and make it like Joker so that Joker then just starts destroying everything that's you know all this all the other stuff because he's a you know he's a chaotic force and then they then get surrounded by a bunch of robots and oh steel batwoman steel and batwoman come in they start talking to him you know and then the brainiac thing makes his own armor that's half batman half superman he goes to earth to become a villain to kind of see how to stop villains because he's gonna become one and it's it is a fun book this isn't like you know anything that's that interesting but it's pretty it's just a fun time it's kind of like the same with Shang-Chi. It's like, oh yeah, you want to see Steel, Batwoman, Superman, and Batman beating up robot versions of their villains and just, you know, going crazy? Give it a read. It's a lot of fun. I give it a probably a 7. And then I'll talk about Runaways and I'll, I'll give you the floor. Oh, dude, we also both read Last Ronin, too. Oh, that's right. That's I want to talk about that last. Yeah, that, I was putting that at the very bottom. <laughs> and then uh so runaways 32 with uh i gotta find their dang old names with uh, i know it's rainbow rowl and um natacha busto maybe so you have like gert wants to go go to school and Molly has to go back to school, and then while they're talking about going to school, Gib, who's a ancient old old one, he wants to like he's like I'll go to school too, and so like they're trying to come up with ways. You know, like everyone's like, Gert, why do you want to go to school? Because that's you know like that's not really you. Like you never wanted to go to school. She's like, well, I do now, and so they try to get Nico to make her a fake thing. Then Victor's like, oh, I can do it. And then he's like, I'll go with you, too. And she's just like, no, you're not going to, like, let me do anything. You know, it's kind of like she shook his shook her finger at him a little bit and stuff. And then, like, it turns out Gib can change what he looks like. And, yeah, it's it's it was a lot of fun. It was just this fun kind of silly issue. So I'm, I'm curious as to where this is going because, like, it just seems like with this comic we're, like, they'll start off with something kind of silly like this and then it's going to turn out like the gym teacher's evil or something like that like they just they have really poor luck with you know adult characters so i'm just curious as to what's going to happen there but yeah it was a lot of fun i've missed this book i'm gonna give it a seven very good Okay, I will briefly talk about wonder woman 765 because i don't want to spoil anything for casey uh, this was written by Mariko Tamaki, and art was done by Steve Pug. And this issue was okay. Um, Diana and Max Lord are going to this place called Zandia, which uh, Max describes as supervillain Vegas. And they're just trying to track down um, 
you know, the the technology, like the mind control technology and stuff like that that's out in the wild. So um, it's just them, like, dealing with people there, like, you know, having some small brawls and stuff like that. And then they find out who ended up with the technology. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to give it away for you, but... All right. They, they find out who, who has that, and um, that person confronts them, and there's a cliffhanger on the last page. Something happens to Wonder Woman that's that's not great. So yeah. this was a terrible review for a book, <laughs> but in light of spoilers, uh, it was fine. I'd, I'd give it like a seven. Nice. So, Nailbiter Returns by Williamson and uh, art by, or story and art by Josh Williamson and Mike Henderson. And so, yeah, we just have more of a, more backstory on everything that's going on with the game that the, the, the people are playing and all that stuff. And then it, you have, like... They go. They they're going back home, and all that. And this is a fun issue. I really enjoyed it. You, yeah. You have a bunch of different crazy stuff going on. It's kind of a filler issue, but it's still really neat. Like there's some gruesome parts where the guy that's that thinks he's the new nail biter bites off his own hand so he can get to the you know get to the two people that he's trying to get to. And so yeah, it's like. And somehow he survives being shot in the chest again. And then it ends with, you know, some more gruesomeness. I'm really excited for the next issue. I've been, really been enjoying this in general. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I give this an 8. And then I'll talk about how many comics do you have left? That we haven't uh, read together? Uh, just three Jokers. Okay. So then I'll talk about Justice League Dark and Department of Truth, and then I'll get to Chew after you three jokers, and we'll tag team some. Uh, okay. So Justice League Dark, this is by Ram B, and Amake Nalupan on uh, the art. And so yeah, it just picks up right where the last one left off. They're still dealing with the, I think his name's upside down man still fighting him trying to find a way to win and there's this like the art in this book is so cool I'm actually going to send you right now this one page because it is so dang cool and yeah you have like Wonder Woman gets this power up and then like everyone else has like got their different stuff like Dr. Fate's there like the whole team is you know is there and they're trying to find a way to beat this guy and it turns out like it's very much like oh yeah your belief in magic is this way then it's going to help you know this and dr fate does some cool stuff but the main problem is this is um khalid dr fate not can't dr fate so and this he his he can't you know keep things as much as you know as he does and like swamp thing dies and like 
Khalid ends up getting knocked down, losing the helmet. Kent shows back up, and he puts the helmet back on. And they're like, "You do know, like, if with like because he has his plan to like hit, you know, use all this magic energy and stuff." And like Naboo's like, "You do know, like, this could just burn you out, and completely kill you if this happens." And he's like, "Doesn't matter. This is, you know, he's basically like." Khalid doesn't need to die like he's young enough. He's young. I'm an old man. I live my life. I can do that. And so, that's awesome. yeah, he like powers through and like they hurt him. And then like, but the dude's still alive. Like he's been weakened, but he's still, he's still going. And so basically like Swamp Thing's dead. Uh, Dr. Fate just died. So the team's leaning out and then like Zatanna does a spell. And it, the way this issue ends, it's crazy. And I'm so excited for the last one. Like, this series, I did not know who Ram V was prior to this, but like he, like now I'll just read what he writes. Like he has just it made this awesome, so I'm really enjoying it. I'd give this a nine. Yeah, and I, I just got the picture. The art is so good. Yeah, and isn't that like the whole panel where they're all like doing their different stuff? Awesome. Yeah, it really is. I I can't wait for this well, this arc to come out in trade so I can give it a read. It looks so good. Yeah, I I hope you do, and you, I hope you hope you like it too. Because if you hate it, I'd be I'd be like, oh well, now I feel stupid. <laughs> so uh, the Department of Truth issue two. This is by Tynan, and art is by Martin Simmons. And again, like I said, this was the last issue. This art is just really weird. And I think it's going to be the type of thing where, like, the more I read this, the more it kind of grows on me. But, yeah, you kind of have this, like, um, some stuff that deals with the satanic panic and how all that affected people. And that's kind of what this issue is about, because it turns out the main character, he was actually questioned. And satanic panic also. If you, like, I listened to a podcast about that once, and it kind of, they talked about the way that were like what happened that stuff's crazy like do some research on that if you guys are interested because it's wild but yeah so this is you know he talks about how he had this experience so they go and actually like uh his his partner takes him to like where the, all the the research is done at the department of truth and so the guy you know they show him this wall of stuff and then he sees the person that he saw and he's like when was this and they're like oh it was like, oh, they said it's a. Oh, it's from last year, that the you know the same per, this person saw the same thing he did, and so then he gets the transcript, and then it's yeah, and the same woman in red with the X out eyes is there also along with the Starface guy, and it's crazy. This this comic is just weird, and it's it's really good though. So. I'd give this issue... I didn't like as much as the first issue, if I'm being honest. Because the first issue kind of threw a lot at you, and you're like, oh, wow. But I'd say this is probably a 7. It's really good. And I think if you're just interested in something that's not superhero, this is a really good one to jump into. All right. Now, before I talk about Three Jokers... How much do you care about this, like issue? Like, can uh, I talk about it, or just do you talk want to about dial it. it back? Talk about it. go, go all out, man. Okay. 
This issue was a train wreck. <laughs> Absolute hot garbage. But anyway, I'll get into the nitty gritty. It was written by Jeff Johns, art by Jason Fabok and Brad Anderson. The art, uh, like we've talked about on the, the previous two issues, is amazing. Like, Fabok is a ridiculous artist, and it's like been the only good part of the series. So, the issue starts, and Batman, Barbara, and Jason are talking about, like, all these Jokers. Like, Bruce has that file on Jokers, and he lays all their pictures out on the table. And there's, like, 28, at least, different Jokers. Um, there's the dentist, and the serial killer, and the fisherman, and the surgeon, and, you know, it's just, like all this stuff and they were like well you know none none of these were the real joker they're just you know they're trying to make this this perfect new joker and uh jason pipes up and uh he's like there are two jokers left bruce not three two and when i get my when i get them in my sights there will be none since you're too weak to do it and like that's very like under the red hood jason i think yeah you know which which is fine but my problem with this is like that's where jason is is under the red hood not you know the 15 years worth of him going through stuff where yeah. he should be and i know that this book isn't in continuity and that shouldn't bother me but it does because while I, while I haven't really been reading Red Hood consistently for the last 10 years, like, he should he should be past that at this point. But at the um, same time, he is right. Joker should be killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I'm not arguing that. But, <laughs> but, I mean, where he's at in the Bat family, he, he should get it by now. Like, yeah. Bruce isn't going to kill him. So, but the one, the one good part is right after Jason says that Bruce grabs him by the collar and he's like, enough. You think I haven't wanted to put a bullet in his brain too, after everything he did to Barbara and to you. And Jason's like, but you didn't Bruce. I did. And like, that was a pretty neat scene, but, but then like immediately Batman's just like, uh, we agree to work on this, so let's start over and do just that. And Jason's like, yeah, whatever. And then they just go right back to the book like nothing ever happened. Uh, so anyway, they're just trying to figure out who the Joker is. And um, Bruce gets like a... He, he basically goes to Joe Chill's cell because somebody kidnapped Joe. And, I mean, anybody can take a guess as to who did that. But anyway, Two-Face, Batman. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, Clayface, different oh, okay. face. Okay. But uh, anyway, Bruce is, like, talking to Gordon, and he's like, I want to see the cell. So he's looking around, and he finds all these letters addressed to Bruce Wayne. And uh, And he's like, let's see he talks to one of the security guards 
and and Bruce is like, if if these are letters, like why not mail them? And uh, the guard's like, well, you'd have to ask Reverend Evans, who I I guess is like someone that works at Blackgate where Joe Chill's being kept. But anyway, Batman goes and talks to Reverend Evans, and basically he's just like, well, he's wanted to send these. He just doesn't. He doesn't know how to like apologize properly. Like he's a changed man. He feels guilty for murdering the Waynes. Um, you know, he just didn't know how to say it. So, Batman shuffling through all these letters addressed to Bruce Wayne, and he finds one that says Batman written in like crown. Uh, crayon, sorry. And inside that is like a couple of tickets to the Monarch Theater. And it says with compliments and has a picture of Joker's face on it. So he and Barbara and Jason go to the theater and they each take like a different entrance. And uh, basically, Jason and Barbara's entrances are filled with like crazy Jokerized, like Joker talks and people. So they're all fighting there. And Batman finds the criminal version of Joker who, surprise, has Joe Chill, and he's got Joe tied to a chair, and he's gagged, and he's playing on the theater screen like a video of him asking Joe why he really killed the Waynes. And Joe's just saying, well, you know, I, I didn't know who they were at the time. I thought they were just rich people stomping on poor people like me. I just wanted to take that away from them but I didn't know their son was with them. And then after I killed them, I learned that they were actually good people and using their wealth to help the city. And I'm really sorry about that and all that. And while all that's happening, Joker's telling Bruce that Joe Chill is going to be like the, the ultimate Joker. That's who he's decided will take all their places and be the ultimate one because he hurt Batman the most. Uh, and hurt him to where, like, he can't heal. So, um, the second Joker is now dealing with uh, Barbara and Jason, and he's the, the comedian one, I think, or whoever took the picture of Barbara during uh, the killing joke. Anyway, Joker is about to drop Joe Chill into the vat of acid, but Batman swoops in and saves Joe and then swoops back up to fight Joker. And uh, basically the, the comedian one shoots the criminal one in the head and then just like puts his hands up and he's like, take me in, Batsy. I want to get off this crazy ride. So they handcuff the Joker and then Batman's outside with Joe and Joe like apologizes for killing uh, you know his parents because I guess he knows that, that Bruce Wayne is Batman uh, but Bruce basically says you know I, I forgive you it's okay and uh, Batman rides in the back of the GCPD vehicle with Joker Joker goes on this big whole spiel about how 
you know, he didn't really like the criminal's plan. Like, he said that the old man was just delusional and that creating a better Joker was, like, a stupid idea, which I agree with. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, he's just like, you know, I think, I think I'm the best Joker. You know, there's, there's no punchline, no final twist. Um, we're just going to keep doing this until both of us, you know, die. Um, which is whatever. Anyway, I just realized that, that Joe didn't know Batman was Bruce because uh, as I'm flipping through this, Bruce goes to see him in the hospital because he's sickly and dying, as we learned in the, the last issue. Yeah. And uh, we show him, like, holding Joe Chill's hand as the... Uh, the little heartbeat monitor thing goes flat totally blanking on what that is uh, and then there's like a little epilogue thing where Bruce is driving a jeep out in Alaska and we're getting flashbacks of Bruce talking to Alfred and Alfred is like uh, basically saying you, you don't know the Joker's real identity do you and Bruce is like, uh, I do. I've known since the first week I've known the Joker. And uh, we, we see a flashback within a flashback, flashbackception, where Joker's like pregnant wife is talking to the cops and she's like, I gotta get away from him. Like, I don't know what he'll do to me or even the baby. So the cops put her in like witness protection and tell the Joker that uh, that there was an electrical fire at their house and that she died and they put her out in Alaska so Bruce just kind of like drives outside of the house and sees the Joker and the Joker's son inside this house having dinner and drives off and that's the end but while all this like driving in Alaska is going on it shows Jason leaving a letter on Barbara's door and he's basically saying I want to make a change but I can't do that without you I know I've grown cold and distant but I know you know why I've always admired you Barbara your strength your determination your heart I think we'd be really great together so I'm gonna give up being Red Hood for us I can be something else or I can just be Jason but all I need is one chance to prove to you that I can be better. Uh, and I will devote my life to making you proud, happy, and loved. If you don't think I'm worth one chance, if it was, if I was just caught up in everything, then throw this letter away and I'll never mention it again. I love you, Jason. Which is just, like, the cringiest, like, <laughs> junior high letter I'd ever read in my life. Like, it was... I, I felt physical pain while reading this, all right? Did it bring back memories of when you wrote letters like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but I perfected the art. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, the letter falls off the door and gets swept up by the janitor, so it doesn't even matter. And then the book ends by Bruce driving through Alaska to see the Joker's ex-wife and son. And that's how it ends. And... I None I of it mattered. Yeah, I saw a thing online where people were making fun of that, the 
letter part. They're like, why didn't he just slide it under the door or like put multiple pieces of tape on there or just send her a text or break into her apartment again like he did the last time and put it, you know, someplace where she could see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was it was terrible. Like it, he didn't want wondered. he didn't want he didn't actually want that. He's like, well, I can just say I made it. I tried. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's like Jeff Johns has never actually talked to another person before. I I hated this series, man. Like, the, yeah. all of it was terrible. And, you know, I'm not just saying that because I, ex- like, was expecting it to be like that prior to us reading it. I mean, I read all three issues cover to cover. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know... Part, part of the fun of the Joker is that we don't know who he is. And I hate when they do that in comics. Like, it was cooler when Wolverine was just Logan, not James Howlett. And we know, like, his whole story. And it's the same thing with the Joker. But now, even though we don't know who he is, it's still lame that Batman does. Yeah. And, you know, when when Alfred was like you know you don't know who he is right he's like well alfred it's like everyone always says i am batman and i've known it since the first week i knew the joker it's like come on dude that's so lame because that means that means him sitting in metron's chair and asking the question was pointless what was the point of that if he already knew i will say this because um so there's this youtuber her name's casually like not her name but her youtube name's casually comics i'd recommend her to anyone she i knew about that part she was talking about that and she's like well it doesn't it makes sense that he would ask that because you sit down metron's chair and you're trying like he's trying to see if you actually if it actually does tell you everything so he i know he's like asking different questions he already knows the answers to and then he so he asks that one and then that's why he's thrown off by there being three of them. Yeah, okay. Well, it's still stupid, and I'm going to stand by that. I'm not saying it's not <laughs> stupid. I'm just saying how that makes sense What with him asking. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, even if that's the case, like, well, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was just bad. And, like, I, I especially hate the jason todd part like barbara was pretty like true to to herself in this and and acted like barbara normally acts but but jason was just like stuck at fresh being red hood and then like stuck in junior high or something yeah it's just why why does he like throw the i love you barbara thing at her when they really don't have that much interaction it, it's just it doesn't make any sense and he gives up being red hood to like be with her and he can change and be it's just like come on this is so lame and i realize i just cursed and i'm sorry that's it like it's a okay, minute man. one hour three minutes ten seconds yeah, we got we got this <laughs> but uh but it, but you know like that that's what this book has driven me to is cursing on our good family podcast it was yeah. terrible put the kids away this put is, the kids away this is podcast after hours <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give it a one and i give the whole series in general a one i hated it drop the mic i got you well on 
Better News, Chew, number four, by John Lehman and Dan Boltwood. So this picks up, they're trying to dispose of the body that they got, you know, that they killed last time. And it just kind of talks about how, oh, this, the bird, the avian flu pandemic has kind of caused, you know, her all this, all these problems. And so they tried to dump, dump the body at this farmer's place who feeds the bodies to his pigs, but he's not having it because he doesn't want to get his pigs sick with any of the, you know, avian stuff. So they take it to this aquarium to have it be dumped, you know, but the guy, like the shark ends up coughing up one of the bones, coughing up one of the legs. And so then Tony and Colby have to go investigate. Tony hasn't told Colby that he's, you know, cybopath yet. And so he just has him leave and he like takes a bite out of the leg and he can see, you know, kind of, he, he can't quite make out the, you know, his sister. Like he can't, he, he, she's like, he's familiar, but I can't quite make it out. And so then Colby like catches them eating the thing and, you know, eating the foot. And then he like tells them like, well, look at all these bodies. And one of the bodies, it's sure enough, that body that they wanted to dump. And so he takes a bite and then it ends with, saffron uh going to the family dinner and then tony's like calling her out and they both pull guns on each other and that's how it ends and i'm really excited for the next issue i've been loving this as everyone that listens knows i'm just gonna give i don't feel like handing out tens like i did last week so i'm just gonna give this a nine but i absolutely loved it i love this i love this series i love the characters like the only downside is i wish it was like it wasn't a prequel to chew that's like my only only thing that kind of bothers me about it. Other than that, I love it. Okay. And so. So death metal. Yep. Next is Dark Knight's Death Metal: Rise of the New God. And <laughs> gotta find this is the the first story because this is multiple stories. It's James Tynan and Jesus Marino on the pencils. What'd you think of this, man? Uh, I didn't really like it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. It gave me some Jim Starlin vibes, where you had like, where you had these two godlike creatures just beating each other with planets and stuff. I thought that was neat. And then like you had, I don't remember the character's name, but that guy that's running through, kind of collecting all this information, and he brings the chronicler. Yeah. That, that one uh that was neat so it's like all in all like i thought it was a lot of fun and it's just so much better than that the last two death metal tie-ins that we had and so you know i liked it what here's the thing though this book is the rise of this new god and he's just fighting in the background the entire time we get like the first couple pages on like how he rose to power and then the rest of the book i mean this this book should have been called death metal the chronicler yeah there i I don't know i mean he goes and he learns about like our multiverse or whatever yeah uh i don't know i mean it it just i didn't care for it i i didn't think it was that much fun and it's just him like 
learning about all the stuff that we already know about. And then he's like, oh, that's interesting, but I need more. And then he does that like three times, and then the book's over. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I was like, oh, this is neat, but I see where you're coming from. And then the secondary story is The Weight of Leadership by Brian Hill and Nick Varela on the art. And Hi-Fi does the colors. And I'm going to say this. You can always tell when Hi-Fi does the colors. He's got a very distinct style. Or is that just me? Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I totally agree. So what do you think of this one? Because this is a Green Lantern-centered story. It's got all of the favorites. Uh, it was It was fine. Yeah, it was it was better than the normal story, but I was just like so turned off by the normal one. I just I just kind of like I mean, I read it, but I read it quickly and I was like, "Okay, that happened." And yeah. I I tossed it to the side cuz I was just like, "Ugh." <laughs> the the one thing that annoyed me about this is the other one ended with a to be continued, and then this one, which the ending is really cool, John's handing out power rings to all these crazy characters from the different realities. And it just says end. Like, I would want much rather, like, I would really love to see another issue where you have, you know, Captain Uncle Carrot. Uncle Sam. <laughs> like, with the power rings. Like, that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? So, yeah. that, that was my main gripe about see, that. that's what death metal should be. Death metal should be Uncle Sam and Captain Carrot with power rings. Yeah, I agree, Because man. it's insane. Yeah. And and we got that at first. And the, these last few, man, I'm just, like, caring less and less. Yeah, no, I see that. But this one, I don't know. This was the right turn mostly because it, for me, mostly because you didn't have a character that's just like, well, I knew you were going to do that, and I had a plan for that. So. <laughs> well, uh, fair enough. I, w- I won't fault you there. Yeah. So I'd give it a seven. Yeah, five for me. All right. And so now it's the last, the last comic, which is also the last Ronin. And this is by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Tom Waltz. And what'd you think about this, man? Total 180 from these last two. I <laughs> loved it. Same here, dude. Like, and I got, I got to say without a doubt, the book of the whole month or maybe even year at the store because i can't tell you how many people were calling and coming in looking for this book and i knew it was going to be like that yeah and of course you know i i still think that that they didn't print that many on purpose (laughs) but uh but no man it it was absolutely awesome yeah i mean i love the fact that we have Casey Jones is I'm assuming it's Casey Jones and April's kid you know in yeah. it for like a brief part probably gonna play a bigger role in the next one and yeah no I just I absolutely love this I thought it was so much fun I was kind of shocked with the reveal at the end of who the turtle was like going building up to this yeah. in my head I was telling myself that's who it's gonna be but then while I was reading it and you can hear like the other turtles talk to you know talk to him. I'm like, that's not him. Then it's gonna it's have to it has to be either of these two. And then, okay, here here's my question. Then, I also had it in my mind that I knew who it was. Who did you think it was before you heard the turtles talking? Well, no, like when I was hearing the turtles talk, like because throughout the comic, for those that didn't read it, 
he's actually seen his brothers with him at all times. And so, like, some would talk, and I was assuming right from the start, I was like, as I was reading, I'm like, well, I haven't really heard one that sounds like Leo or Raph, or Raph so it's got to be one of them. Because I read, you know, there was one that sounded like Mikey, there was one that sounded like Donnie. So, and like, I was really leaning heavily towards Leo because he would bring up Master Splinter a lot. And I'm like, that's something Leo would do. So, yeah. You know, I also thought it was Leo for sure. Um, I knew it wasn't Donatello because there was that part where he was like, hack the cables. I'm like, ah, that's something Donnie would say for sure. But there was another part Um, where like the one of them was making jokes, and I was like, well, it can't be Mikey either. Right. Uh, yeah. After, after I, I, I thought for sure it was Leo or Raph, like you said, because because there wasn't like a part where where something was like really harsh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Raph is is typical to do. Um, but yeah, I now see. I'm wondering if it's actually Mikey, or yeah. maybe the next issue will start, and he's like, you know, actually it's leo or whatever you know what i mean like i I wonder if she would actually know for sure because yeah that's really true like the only way that she would know is if is because the others are dead because right like because i remember my brother was telling me he had read the some of the older ones and he was talking about how like casey jones would just get them mixed up all the time because in the older ones they all wore red you know they didn't have the different and so, like, they would just call, you know, he'd be like, oh, hey, Mikey. And he'd be like, no, I'm Leo. So, like, it very well could be that. But I'm right. sure April knows which one's of, you know, which one of her friends died. So that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that's totally fair, too. It's just such, like, a bizarre setting. Yeah. And that we, we don't really know what's happened prior to this moment. So I'm, I'm just curious how it'll play out. Yeah, I'm really excited but for the I'm next all issue. in. Same here. I'm giving it a 10. The, oh, I, I, I will too, without a doubt. The action was cool. The art was awesome. It was so much like a mix of Turtles and like RoboCop and, and Dread. Like yeah. it was just, it was a mix of all these cool things that we love. Uh, but also sad because, you know, three of the four are dead. And yeah. like that, that's pretty sad because we grew up loving these Turtles. So... At least my uh, favorite's still thrilled. alive. <laughs> yeah, see, it, my, mine's not, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Same here, man. All right. Well, you know, as per usual, we spent like 50 minutes talking comics, so uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's do our Fantastic Four. Well, really quick, let's talk about what we're excited about for next week. Oh, of course we will. Well, you think I'd forget? No, I think you're just testing me. That exactly is. So why, why don't you go first? So I'd go with uh, crossover number one. I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, U.S. Agent and Wolverine Black, White, Blood. And my dogs are barking. So, And by that, I mean I don't mean my feet hurt. I mean the dogs are barking. So we'll see if that makes it to the podcast. All right. Um, I will go with, to no one's surprise, <coughs> Thor. Um, 
I'm also, I can't tell you listeners how excited I am to find Thor on Casey's list this week. <laughs> I'm so excited that my best friend is going to read Thor with me. It's going to be great. You're going to hate it when I'm uh, like, I hated this. Who is this yeah, hippie? <laughs> yeah, you might, you might hate it, but, but that'll be, that'll be fun to discuss anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to say Batman because I'm really interested in this Ghostmaker stuff. Um, and I'm going to say Norse mythology too because I really like the first one and I want some more Norse mythology. Nice. You going to check out Crossover? No. Honestly, I have no interest. All right. See, I had no idea what it's about, but I'm like, Donny Cates is good enough and being an image book, might as well try it. Yeah, and that nearly got me for those exact reasons that you just said but yeah. there's like quite a bit coming out that i plan on reading anyway so i'm yeah, like eh, i don't need to <laughs> <laughs> now if you're like it's the best thing i've read in months then i will absolutely pick yeah. it up okay man well let's hope you don't sell out then yeah for real <laughs> okay so now it's time for the fantastic four so we both voted today but i was thinking to myself these candidates suck. What about, what would be like four comic book characters who you'd vote for to be president? And if you want to get crazy, you can even throw in vice presidents for them. So, oh. you know, just remember, they have to be natural born citizens and at least 35 years old. Okay. Well, I certainly wouldn't forget that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think... I think one that, that like everybody would go to automatically with zero thought behind it would be Captain America. Um, I wouldn't, but go ahead. Well, I mean, hey, feel free feel free to see why you wouldn't. Well, I mean, we've had enough old white dudes that say their generation was great as president and then like look at where we're at right now, twenty twenty, the world is on fire. So Maybe we could get someone a little bit better. <laughs> okay. You, you don't think he's there morally, though, to, like, handle it? And, I mean... And leadership-wise? I think he could, like, give us some rousing speeches, but I think when he actually has to do the, you know, the, you know, like, actual work, he would be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, he's, you know, he'd just kind of be sitting yeah. there like, ugh. Well, he is the soldier, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. Another one I would say would be Reed Richards. I like that one. Uh, you know, he he's a, he's really smart. He's a good person. Helps people. Um, you know, just seems like an okay hat to throw in the ring. Uh, and I'm gonna do two DC characters as well. And the first one uh, we've talked about prior, but Lucius Fox. You know. Uh, you said the guy can run Wayne Enterprises and like, you know, not give out some some pretty juicy secrets like the identity of Batman for one. So if he can do everything he can for Wayne Enterprises, I think he'd do a pretty good job of running the country. For sure. And then I I wanted to have a lady. And, you know, the first one that comes to mind is not a natural-born citizen, which was Wonder Woman, but I was like, man, what are, what are some good ladies, lady DC characters that could be a good president? And I was thinking Barbara Gordon. Now, I know most of the time Barbara's not 
the age of 35, but <clears throat> she is in Batman Beyond. And if you have ever read like her in Batman Beyond, she's like, she very much takes after her dad, just like a, a lot smarter. <laughs> so she's like <laughs> tough as nails, uh, but she's really smart and knows how to get the job done. And I think she'd be a great president. So that's sure. my four. I will ask you the same question, my friend. Okay, so I'm going to get, like, my two obvious choices out. And, like, my first one's Tony Stark. I mean, he's a billionaire. He, you know, just, he knows, he'd know exactly what to do. He, I could, I, he has enough pull, too. Like, he, Rhodey for sure would be his vice president, which that'd be awesome. And then he'd probably be, like, for Secretary of State, I could see Carol Danvers or Captain America being on his, you know, in his, they're both going to be in his cabinet for sure. He's yeah. a genius. He's a billionaire. He would probably give our militaries and, you know, like our military, like some really good tech, give our police some good tech, but that will make it so that they don't keep murdering black people. Like, you know, just really kind of help things out, get our economy balanced and all that stuff. So that'd be great. And my other one that I think is kind of obvious, and I'm surprised you didn't mention, is Lex Luthor. I know that's weird since he's evil. But the main reason yeah. why he's bad is because Superman. If you put Lex Luthor in a world without Superman, he's just going to go back to being the best human out there. Because that's a big reason why, like, him and, you know, he is bad. Because, like, well, Superman's better than me, so I want to take him down. So if he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm just going to become president. And then he becomes president, and then he would probably, like, cure all diseases and all this other stuff. And I was when I was thinking of, like, his vice presidential candidate, though, because, like, you know he's going to get the conservative vote, being a billionaire and having a company and all this other all this other stuff. Like, he's he's got he's going to be running as a Republican. He would need to get, like, a more liberal-minded person as his running mate. And I don't think that they would work together too well. But I think if he could get Green Arrow on his side, he could get both parties bipartisan. It mm. would, he would, yeah. he would crush it. Good point. And also, he has been president before. So. Yeah, he wasn't. He was, and he he brought them through a uh, a war between worlds. Yep. <laughs> and then my other two. These are the less obvious ones. I'm gonna go with uh, this guy. He actually served as mayor of New York for like a night in Chip Zdarsky's run on Daredevil. It's Daredevil, and I mean, like all presidential candidates usually were lawyers at some point. So I, like, I just think he, you know he'd be a good fit and foggy nelson of course would be his vice president you know and he'd be the one doing all of the work so i think that would just be a, a good you know a good fit and then the last one now this is this one is also a woman she's also from dc comics she i'm just going to kind of build her up uh, you know build up her stuff as i get to it her father was a general in the military um She's been a reporter, you know, won multiple awards. She knows the in and out, ins and outs of the political Ooh, system. Um, she, <laughs> like, her husband grew up on a farm, so she knows the Midwest really well. She just knows it all. It's a little slain. That's it. Just seems obvious to me. Like she, she, she knows basically everything. She's got just a just like uh, stones of steel. Like she will, she will get the job done no matter what, and. I just think she, like she was one of my first choices and she's not like her husband, you know, the mild mannered 
husband of hers, she she will like just dig in deep and get the stuff done. And I think she'd be a <laughs> a good president. You know, like after after Lex Luthor, she comes in and just like he was putting microchips in our water and was making you vote for him. <laughs> Which is something he would absolutely he would. do. He would, but like he, our economy would still be great, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, there's some food for thought. And, you know, who do you guys think would make a good president? Let us know. We want to hear it. You know, I just thought Mr. Terrific would be a good one, too. Ooh, he would. All about that fair play. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. You can uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Two Worlds Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on the gram at Two Worlds Pod. And you can also email us at twoworldspodcast at gmail.com. And you know, if you haven't, you could like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, your enemies, tell everybody. Because, you know, we need to be in more ears. And we would love to stay in chat, but we got to get on this rocket ship to Planet X. Hope there isn't a three-headed monster there. Bye, guys. Bye.